0: This is WCM's Park Update, a weekly show covering the outdoor hospitality industry, hosted by Ben Quiggle and Mike Gast. During each episode, you'll hear from special guests and campground experts on topics that will help your park flourish. WCM's Park Update is a production of Woodall's Campground Magazine. Hi, I'm Ben Quiggle, editor of Woodall's
1: Campground Magazine, and this is another episode of WCM's Park Update, sponsored by New Book Reservation Systems. And of course, my colleague, Mike Gast, the former vice president of communications at Campgrounds of America is here. And then our guest today is Charlie Boyne, which Charlie, I think I met you, well, mainly through LinkedIn, because I think uh, we follow each other on LinkedIn. And uh, your business, is you you co-founded what is called the Glamp Coach. And I know you post quite often on LinkedIn, or you're pretty active, at least on LinkedIn. And I just wanted to kind of bring you on just maybe to talk a little bit about the glamping industry and how you got into it. Um, were you at the recent glamping show in uh, oh, yeah. Colorado?
2: Absolutely. I'm not going to miss one of those.
1: <laughs> All Well, right. I'm sure, well, I'm then sure I, we
2: both walked by you 15 yeah, times. Yeah, yeah For sure.
1: walk by you. I know. Uh, it doesn't need to be
2: longer. We need a full week to actually get to, uh, <laughs> get to say hi to everybody. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I guess, you know, what was your favorite part about being at the show? I guess
2: um i'd say this year it was great uh last year I, I built an exhibit uh an exhibitor space i had a covered deck um uh, mm-hmm. and, and that was a lot of stress a lot of uh and I, I was sort of stuck there and i didn't get to go explore the show as much as this year when yeah. i was just out there with uh with a clipboard so it was it was fun to get to see all the units and go to some of the lectures we had some great speakers uh and, and yeah more time to talk to uh talk to the people that I was eager to get to finally meet in
0: the flesh instead
2: of just LinkedIn.
0: So you mentioned uh, we were visiting right before we went, on, went live that uh, part of the challenge of, 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 I guess, the attraction and the challenge of the glamping business is there's such a low point of entry right now. Uh, just about anybody that either has land or, or the financial resources and the time can, can jump into it, switch careers easily. It's, a, it's something that a, a couple of people can get started with uh it, i'm sure it feels it kind of feels to me like uh it must have been in the camping business back in the late 60s and early 70s when everybody was just getting going from scratch uh does that make your job uh more appealing or is it a little bit harder sell because people think they can do it themselves
2: um uh, it definitely makes it a little bit harder um uh, not only in terms of execution but also sometimes emotionally uh, i've i've I find myself often talking people out of building lamping businesses (laughs) because I think that a lot of people see this industry and they say, oh, cool. I can just buy a cheap shelter thing and throw it up in my backyard and boom, passive income. And it, it, it takes a lot to help people who have never been in hospitality to understand that hospitality is absolutely not passive. Um, and then it's also, um, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, room for education in the space when it comes to helping people understand um, that if you want these units to last and if you want to be hitting those high number ADRs and those those long lasting luxury, getting those longer bookings and what that does to your to your, your uh, bottom line, um, there's. So also, so aside from the hospitality and also the construction end, and understanding what goes into act- the the actual requirements for their investments, if you want to be getting um, those bookings that I think we all see on social media and make us want to get into this, on um, it's you know, those 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 who are most successful are not just pitching a tent and calling it a day.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we hear a lot in. You know, at the glamping show and even in the traditional campground and RV park space, I think we heard a lot about the hospitality portion. You know, it's not just putting up the tents or the cabins or the mirror houses, whatever you want to use. There's a ton of different things, Um, but it's that hospitality part is, do you feel like people understand that when they're coming and and looking to open up a business, I guess?
2: So I think that's, um, you know, there's a low point of entry. But there's a huge spectrum of people who are entering, um, and so you yeah. do get people who have an experience with hospitality. You do get people who have an experience with construction, but maybe not the other part. So there's there's so many parts and pieces that go into um, curating the best experience possible for your guests. That, um, and so I, I think that there 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 are a lot of people with. With an understanding uh, of certain parts and pieces and just sort of helping them either get a a wider scope on that understanding or putting them in the right direction with some of the other amazing uh, service providers in this space and making sure that they're not going to pull the trigger on anything um, just because they understood one part really well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, do you feel? Well, I guess let's back up a little bit. Just give us some of your a brief history of how you got to be the glam coach. I guess you know, uh, it, you know, how did you get into this business to begin with? Um, so I started out uh, when COVID hit.
2: I had just started a home renovation business, and I always wanted to build tiny houses. I always wanted to design and build tiny houses, uh, and so I decided to go design and build uh, the panelized tiny house prototype of my dreams yep. um, and realized I, I, so I rented, uh, I paid very little money for access to 90 acres in the middle of nowhere, Texas, Dale, Texas, if you've never heard of it, um, and found that I was able to rent out my prototype while it was under construction, as soon as the, as soon as it was, you know, no rain on your head in there. Um, as a glamping unit on the weekends. And so I was able to live in it five days a week in a beautiful meadow with my dog. And then I would go sleep in my tent a couple hundred yards away in the woods on Fridays and Saturdays. And it just sort of clicked for me. I I, I said, wow, this industry offers, if you do it right, it offers the opportunity for high dollar luxury level short-term rental real estate revenue on rural land for minimum construction costs. And that's when I I sort of haven't looked back since I realized all of that, um, and and yeah, it's been a, it's been a push since.
0: Yeah. So at what yeah. point did you realize you had enough knowledge to to really be of help to these people that are getting started? Because as you said, you didn't come into this with a with a huge uh, glamping. Maybe you had the hospitality background, but but you know, there nobody had any experience in glamping. So, at what point do you say, "Hey, I can be a coach"?
2: <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: honestly, when I realized. <laughs> that
2: everyone needs, uh, you know, everyone says decks, but I like to separate it. It's foundations and floors. Um, so they're two separate things and they're, and you can have your indoor floors, outdoor floors and call them decks. Um, when I realized that, uh, so many people were falling short of their real potential guest experience by not building foundations and floors correctly. And so I realized that there was one really simple thing that was missing from this industry. Um, and it was something that actually sort of created a canvas on which they could create much more extravagant experiences. Um, cause it's when you start having those, those, like those good foundations and floors are what allow you to start bringing in heavier systems like gas and electric and water and plumbing and sewage and the hot tubs and the outdoor kitchens and the day beds and the, um, take it to the, uh, to the nth degree and so i think um it was my my construction knowledge that i think sort of set me it put me in a good position to help people who were trying to avoid construction by just pitching a tent sort of being like no no, no back it up you need to if you want this business to last it's actually some very basic it's a very basic concept but you need you need some some good construction um and uh, and as time has gone on, I've, uh, I've talked to a lot of people who I think are just, you know, there's so much enthusiasm in the industry, but I, I'm really good at overthinking. <laughs> and so I think that, uh, I've been able to help people sort of over or, or think ahead of, of some of those issues, um, cause I've gone through them and then I've, I was building decks for other businesses that have done everywhere from poorly to amazingly. And mm-hmm. so, um, I think my experience and my network have, uh, have just shown me that um, when I when I talk to landowners at this point, I think that they uh, eventually I realized that my sales pitch was a consultation, in and of itself. Yes. and sometimes it took months to to explain it. Um, but um, the it, there's there's room for room for education. And,
0: um, so when you got started, well, I, there there you know, was I, a there was a tent and there was a, a limited amount of cabins. And as we saw a couple of weeks ago at the at the show, now the options are unlimited. Does that make it harder to get going in this? Do you, you see, people get distracted or or going for the wrong thing a lot. Um,
2: I think it's 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 exciting to say. I don't see a lot of the wrong thing out there. I don't think that there's there's many bad products. Uh, I think there's products that people owners can get excited about and guests can get excited about. Um, I think the the big one for me is I see a sort of divide in developer mentality when it comes to unit types and the guest mentality when it comes to experiencing those unit types. I think owners care a lot about what their unit is. They care a lot. I I sort of think about the drones perspective, looking down on the property. I think an owner comes at it like, what am I going to be sprinkling my property with? Whereas I think guests care a lot more about, is it a cozy bed? You know, do I want to, do I want to curl up in there?" turn on that cute little stove and look out this big window and see the storm rolling across the valley. At that point, if I think about it from the guest experience, I don't really care if it's an A-frame or a dome or a yurt or a tent or a pod or whatever it is, as long as my experience inside of it is, is fantastic. And I think that um, a lot, I see a lot of owners getting very hung up on, scrolling through this seemingly endless catalog of amazing products. Um, and, and yeah, thinking about it from the drone's perspective, instead of from that cozy, um, in,
1: indoor well, perspective. I mean, there are times though, like depending on weather based situations and stuff where certain products do work better than other products though. Right. Like, yeah. I mean like canvas tents probably don't do very well in the snow. Uh, so and that and that kind of stuff, that goes into the process too when you're planning out parks, correct? Absolutely. So the the I don't mean
2: to axe out the importance of shelter choice, but I think the Yeah, uh, yeah no, because that it is extremely important. Knowing your snow loads, knowing uh what kind of climate you're against. You know, I had one client um in Colorado and we were talking about they're not near a major ski resort. And so we were sort of realizing that even though their unit's going to be in some pretty intense elements and some pretty cold winters and stuff, they weren't really planning on having a uh, high occupancy in those months. And they were saying that their peak months are going to be in the summer. And so uh, yeah. knowing that like, okay, well you're in a rough climate, but if your peak months are summer months, then let's make sure that we're choosing a shelter that accommodates guests best in those summer months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then if you're yeah. a ski resort, then obviously, okay you need to be cozy even in you know negative temperatures in a snowstorm um uh, and, and so yeah and, and and so then at that point it's more of a structural uh insulation water tightness uh distinction between shelter types than um
1: than yeah, yeah and and yeah. i'm going to get myself in trouble cuz i'm going to have places like outstanding tent and uh bush tech calling me now saying that their tents can uh last in the snow which they can, so I meant like a little tiny canvas structure. So, uh, so hopefully I don't get a ton of phone calls. So, no, no, uh, <laughs>
2: I I absolutely love uh, both of those manufacturers uh, doing some really fun stuff with uh, outstanding here. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's coming
0: out soon. So, yeah. how, how much do yeah. you work with those manufacturers, Charlie? Is it? Do you stay up on what they've got coming up? I'm obsessed. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm I'm uh, I'm lucky
2: that uh, I have. Begun to find uh, a, a way to sustain my obsession here uh, in the form of Glam Coach because I, I was I was already obsessed with all this stuff, and and I, I, I'm close with a number of manufacturers um, from the the Dex perspective, and um, you know I've, I've got a number of manufacturers that you know they make amazing products and they they're great at manufacturing them and distributing them. But then, when they show up to site, they have a lot of clients saying, "I need help with the deck," and that's not necessarily something that they do. And so, the man, a, of- a number of manufacturers, and I have relationships where they then send people to me, and I sort of take them from, you know, okay, congratulations, the pallets on your property. Now what? Uh, and so, I think that we complement each other in a lot of ways. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to build an in-depth understanding of the entire catalog that's out there because. Uh, they almost all need decks
0: so you mentioned that that you've got that one unit that you built yourself out in the texas hills is that where it stopped for you it, 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 did you build more out there or do you have any designs on having a little chain of, of glamping resorts of your own so one thing that i love to be
2: able to say is that uh in my consultations and in my design process I'm just trying to build myself up to a point where I get to buy some property and I get to walk around and I get to choose, oh, this is where I want this shelter type. And this is where I want that shelter type. So my dream is to absolutely be be doing this. Um, it was thrilling to get to do it in Texas. I loved walking uh, walking that property with my partners and, and choosing which parts of it we wanted to highlight. Um, there's an honor in land intervention. There's a duty to it that I love. Um, But uh, but no, so I I built that small. We had that cabin and I think three bell tents uh, at that property. And after just a few months, I said, all right, I'm sold. This industry is everything. But I realized I could have bought the same tents, the same solar setups, the same kitchenettes, the same toilets. We could have bought all the same products and put it in a more climate friendly region and doubled our annual revenue because we were only open three months in the fall and three months in the spring. And so I actually I left. I packed up everything. I sold my shares to my partners. I packed up everything, and I moved to Baja California in Mexico. Um, and I literally went around with print screens of hip camp saying um, "¿Has escuchado de glamping?" Have you heard of glamping? And uh, trying to convince landowners that they should build glamping businesses with my help. Uh, and so since then I've, I've built decks for a few businesses I've had, I've had decks built. We just finished four decks, um, for some F domes in Tennessee. Uh, we've got some, uh, some more going up. One client's talking about tree houses. Uh, and yeah, at this point I realized, uh, I like this industry too much to focus on one property. I want to, I want
1: to, <laughs> I want to play with, with everybody everywhere with all the different types. So, um, yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Well, we have to take a couple uh, minutes to recognize our sponsor, New Book, and then we will be back to talk with Charlie Boyne after the break.
0: Calling all campground operators, owners, front desk heroes. Say hello to your show sponsor, New Book. Your connected hospitality management solution packed with the power to streamline your operations, maximize revenue, increase bookings, and deliver memorable guest experiences. Thanks to its suite of innovative and easy-to-use tools backed by an expert customer support team cheering you on 24-7. So if you're ready to level up your campground and unlock more opportunities, head to newbook.cloud to start your journey today.
1: Hi, welcome back to WCM's Park Update, and we are chatting with Charlie Boyne, who's the founder of Glam Coach. And I guess, uh, Charlie, you know, you talked a little bit about the resort, well, not the resort, but the the unit you had and your land in Texas, Um, and then you talked a little bit about some of the stuff you did in Baja right right before the break. I guess, you know, when you're talking to these, uh, you know, these people giving them consultations, You know, on the traditional campground and RV park side, places like Hip Camp and some of these pop-up properties have been a source of, I guess, angst, you know, because uh, the property owners all have went through zoning and permitting and all that kind of stuff. And they see some of these properties as, you know, some of them just stick up structures and they don't get that zoning they don't get that permitting. I guess, what's your viewpoint on that? I guess, um, do you encourage everyone you work with to to go through those processes or um you know are you seeing a lot of people just sticking up uh cabins or uh yurts or whatever and not going through that process I guess? I think there's a lot of people doing it. Um
2: ultimately to me if 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 you're going for that sort of bottom of the barrel ADR minimum construction investment, um I should say, yeah sure, go for it. You know the 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 tents aren't too expensive um and if if you're just going to throw it up in your backyard go you you might get shut down in a couple months but if you can if you can make money back then go for it but i don't i don't you do, i don't have enough faith in the longevity of those businesses to consider them an actual existential threat to people who are doing it right uh yeah so if, if you're if you're getting the permits if you're getting the county on board if you're making sure that your neighbors are are you know that you're in harmony with your neighborhood uh don't, don't worry about the people who are just slapping up a tent. You can let them, let them, let them scrape the bottom of the barrel and, and it put out of business soon enough. Cause, uh, cause yeah, this is, this is, a, you need to build a business ready to last. Uh,
1: do you Yeah. Do you think places like hip camp, you know, do enough to kind of, or like, even like harvest host, um, do you think they do enough to ensure that the places are uh, following, you know, local rules and, Government procedures and things. I guess um, it's been a while since I've uh,
2: used Hipcamp itself, or, 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 or and I've, I've yeah. visited Harvest hosts. I've never booked one, uh, and my impression overall is that uh, they're not they're not as businesses focused on that. I think they've, they've positioned themselves as like, "Hey, we're a booking platform, and if someone wants to put a listing up, they can go for it," and. It is one thing that I love about the spirit of the industry. I do think that there's there's something fun about how grassroots some of these come about. You know, I, I yeah. started my business the wrong way, but I got to start it and I got to get a taste of it that way. And I got to to realize that there's something here um, and something worth uh, maturing into. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't think they do a yeah. lot to to protect their their clients from those mistakes. But um, but as long as those clients aren't you know pouring hundreds of thousands of dollars into it. I don't think it's, uh, you know, as long as they're making money back on the tent.
0: So, it, yeah. Big question for our audience, I'm sure, is how long does your process take start to finish and what do you cost typically?
2: Um, so it varies widely, which I know is not what everyone wants to hear. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, like I said, you know, there's there's a pretty low bar for entry, but there's a pretty uh, wide spectrum of people that come in. So. You know i've had i've had certain clients that have no background in hospitality and it might take weekly meetings for a couple months for them to understand what they're even talking about because they, they they have a complete misconception of what this industry is um another client i had uh, i just took on um he's going to be doing serenity glamping, glamping um yeah and uh he Justin uh, has thought through like a million things. He opened up this spreadsheet that blew my mind and I was like, oh my gosh, like, all right. So I think with Justin, it's going to be, you know, uh, we've had two consultations. There's probably going to be a a couple more, Um, but you know, he's, he's in a great position to, to go kill it. Uh, And then, and then there's other people, like I said, that I've talked out of doing it. And, um, and all I can say is that I wish that, you know, when I, when I built the business with the lacking with a lack of strategy in Texas, I could have saved myself a whole lot of money by just talking to somebody who knows this industry better, somebody who's been in it. if it's not me, find somebody and and yeah. you know don't don't think that you can reinvent the
0: wheel having never thought about it before um, so yeah. has the economy and interest rates slowed things down for you is is the industry as a whole slowed down since you started?
2: Um, so I still, I've been operating at a pretty small scale and it has been going up. Um, I don't think that my, my business's experience is a good indicator for the larger industry. Um, just because, uh, I'm, I'm constantly repositioning myself and figuring out how, how it all really fits together. Um, because aside from just the, the decks and designs, I also, uh, have an ROI algorithm that we can use to, to sort of play with different business models. Um, so I'm always kind of expanding what I do and niching down into, um, who it can help. But my impression of the industry growth is that, um, it is continuing to grow and expand. I think it's the rate of expansion has decreased since COVID. I think during COVID it was skyrocketing and it's still going up, just not at quite that rate. And that's my overall impression.
1: Yeah. I had an interesting conversation with some people at the glamping show, um, about consolidation in the glamping industry um you know the glamping industry hitting like a a peak and like coming back down do you see a lot of like potential consolidation happening in the industry in, in the next couple of years where um you know these bigger groups maybe start buying parks or more chains are kind of formed I guess
2: I think definitely I think that um, you you will see that but I think that there's a particular side of things that they'll never really be able to tap into quite as well as some of these smaller campground owners and, and, and yeah. campground owners. There's a personal touch that Marriott, Marriott's coming. Like, you know, it, you know they're, they're, all the big ones are coming. Uh, but I don't think that they'll be able to replicate uh, really the, the intimacy that this, that drives this industry. And I think that the landowners who know their land and know what to highlight and are good at sharing it, and are passionate
1: about it, I don't think that's uh, going anywhere. So here's one of the questions I've had for a while with glamping, and maybe you can help me answer it. Is glamping the destination or the hospitality, or do you have to have both? Like, can I set up a a tent in a cornfield, and if I have good hospitality, people will want to come, or do I also have to have that? really nice destination that like people want to go see like maybe a cornfield's not enough um i think it entirely depends on your market
2: Um uh, i think the, the truth is as somebody who often lives in cities and sometimes has trouble getting out um yeah i'll take a patch of dirt i'll take a patch of dirt i'll bring a sleep i'll sleep in my trunk if it means i get to see stars um, so I, yeah. I think I think you you could have you know nothing significant as long as you've got nature, and um, you could also have you know a full food and beverage program, uh, a masseuse that comes to your unit. You you could you could go all whole nine yards and you know develop something that the Kardashians want to stay at. Um, it it all depends on who you're marketing to. Um, I like to say that I think uh, I think glamping is the threshold between nature and comfort. I think so yeah. long as, as I get to, to smell some fresh air, see some stars, maybe howl at the moon without bothering, the Jones is 10 feet away. Um, I think that, um, I think, I think that as long as you get to do that and know that you've got a safe bed waiting for you, you've got a place to go to the bathroom. And you have some general food solution, even if it's getting in your car and driving down the road. Um uh, I yeah. think I, I, I used to say, uh, Basic needs become crises when they're not met. And so if, if you don't have a place to sleep, if you don't have a place to go to the bathroom and you don't have a food solution, then you're stuck yeah. in the middle of the wilderness and you're, that's a crisis. Uh, and if you do have those things, then then you're okay. And I think on a psychological level, um, it doesn't take a whole lot to uh, to make a guest know that they're at least
0: not in crisis. They might not, get a massage.
2: Yeah. they might not get a massage, but as long as they've got a safe place
0: to go to the bathroom, that's good to hear because i'm in nebraska and all i have is corn yeah well hey uh corn mazes
2: are great corn makes for a great privacy wall between units uh and 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 as long as you've got uh i always thought it was funny seeing people advertise a view of the stars
1: because when you advertise a view of the stars you're like advertising Mm -hmm. that you haven't built a roof Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't um, i don't think uh I don't think enough parks do enough with the stars aspect. Um, that's something we've really been working on at Woodalls. The magazine is is writing more features on people taking advantage. I know we just did something on dark skies. I mean, I think that's something that campgrounds, RV parks, Lampy parks should really be taking advantage of is that sky aspect, the stars. Um, it's amazing. Like when we went to Utah a few years ago, it's amazing how much different the sky is. In Utah, even then where I live, even though I don't live in a big city, you still don't get that same view. So, but um, um, the, the full name of your business is Sherlock oh. Glam Coach, and people can find you at SherlockGlamcoach.com, right?
2: Actually, uh, we rebranded. Um, Sherlock was my dog's name. I was Sherlock Tiny okay. Homes, uh, okay. and, then, and then became Sherlock Glam Coach and realized that Sherlock wasn't really punning anymore. So now it's just Glam Coach. <laughs> Uh, glamcoach.com. Although Sherlock, Sherlock glamcoach.com leads you to glamcoach.com.
1: So, okay, um, so you got two websites, technically. Yeah, so glamcoach.com will take you to uh Charlie here who can help people with their glamping businesses. So, um, but I think we're running out of time. And uh, Charlie, it was great getting to see you. I like Mike said, we must have like walked by each other. (laughs) Uh A bunch of times at the glamping show, so next year I'll be able to put hopefully a face with you when I'm back at the show, so maybe I'll say hi yeah just, just the
0: two guys that everybody's trying to avoid, Charlie yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah so when I walk around, you can see people like running away yeah, like you know <laughs> so yeah, so um but uh you. thanks for coming on the show and uh thanks everyone for watching, and we will be back again next week.
2: thanks so much, Ben, thanks so much nice, Mike. Guys.
0: Thank you for listening to WCM's Park Update, a production of Woodall's Campground magazine. Join us for a new show each Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn for daily news and updates and subscribe to our news feed on our website at WoodallsCM.com. Show hosts are Ben Quiggle and Mike Gast. Executive producers Rick Kessler and Alex Burkett. Copyright 2022, G&G Media Group. Thank <sniffs> you.